The Future Sport Podcast is brought to you by 3Advance, developers of sports tech apps that are AI-powered and UX-focused. So if you're looking to create some apps for your startup or your sports biz calls for some artificial or business intelligence, you should check out 3Advance. They're incredible. Go to 3Advance.com. That's the number 3Advance.com. Empire. The role of a league in modern society, it can be much more than to just entertain. Love most about the NLL uh, relative to my past experience with the other major sports is that um, our players are, as I describe them, uh, Clark Kent by day and Superman by night in that they're the best lacrosse players in the world, but they also have day jobs. And many of our athletes are teachers. That's Jessica Berman, Deputy Commissioner of the National Lacrosse League, who is utilizing all methods of outreach. This is the Future Sport Podcast. I'm Bram Weinstein. Jessica Berman spent years working in the NHL as a Vice President of Community Development. And we discussed that background as she helps grow the reach of the National Lacrosse League in organic educational ways. But we are also in a pandemic. And the NHL, that was the first major team sports league to announce how it would intend to come back to play. So we're going to lean on her experience of navigating complicated league issues as well. Our guest this week is the Deputy Commissioner of the National Lacrosse League, Jessica Berman. Hey, Jessica, how are you? Thanks for joining us. Hey, Bram, how are you? Doing okay. Um, How is life for you during a pandemic? (laughs) It's it's a challenge for sure, as as I think it is for everyone. I've referred to the global pandemic as the great equalizer. I think uh, a lot of us have gotten to experience things that uh, we never imagined and Strangely, no matter who you are and no matter what you're doing, I think we can all relate to each other's experiences. So um, it's in that way uh, been connecting and and allowed, I think, for people to have empathy for other people's experiences. I think a lot of people see sports kind of collectively that it affects them all the same, but I'm sure it's different Um, in the lacrosse world. How how is this affecting business for you all? Uh, Well, on a day to day basis, I, I think there's been. Uh, certainly some positives in that uh, this has forced us to think differently about the way we communicate with key stakeholders, whether it's externally with our fans or internally with our league office staff or our teams. Uh, And I think that's been pretty universal from what I understand. Uh, There's just been a, a, a focus and a prioritization of transparency and communication that I think hadn't existed prior for certainly for me being new, relatively new to the lacrosse world and the NLL, it's allowed me to build relationships with our governors as well as our team executives in a way that I probably wouldn't have had the opportunity to do in such a short period of time. So I'm really grateful for that. Um, I think it's also forced us to think differently about content and connecting with our fans. I think historically we've really focused on the game and how the game feeds the content we create. 
And without the game being played and during a period of time where we otherwise would have had game action, it's really forced us to think differently about the type of content we create, which I think has served us really well and created some key learnings that will live beyond the pandemic. Um, can you be specific? What, what are some of the lessons you learned and what are the, some of the new things you're trying to implement? Yeah, I, I would say uh, some of the lessons we've learned are that uh, although our fans love the sport of lacrosse and uh, love the game, uh, the content is uh, overperforming and over-indexing and fan engagement is really the, the human stories and the ability for our fans to get to know the players, our referees, and others. We, we've developed a series of content and shows uh, one, for example, all talk, no action, which really just uh, commentating about different aspects of the game and providing different levels of insight. Um, we've done some kind of uh, stunts where we've gotten our fans engaged in a promotion of um, imagining who would be on the cover of an esports game if we were to develop one, which was one of our highest performing pieces of content. Uh, it's also allowed us to really tap into some of the creative juices of our content team and uh, created some beautifully produced uh, recaps of this past season, which um, was part of our We Are campaign, really trying to put a stake in the ground about our brand. And, uh, you know, our fans are just really taking to our new strategy of connection. Um, there's another program you guys are, are doing that I wanted to talk to you about specifically through EverFi, which is your, what's called the EduCup Challenge, and you're dealing with young kids, K through 12. Um, could you kind of describe what, what your role is with that? Yeah, I'd be happy to. It's actually, uh, for, for those who um, maybe read our original interview that I did with you guys or anything else about me, my passion and really the reason I work in sports is social impact. I believe that sports has the power to change the world. And I think that's even more true in a global pandemic. Um, and historically, history has taught us that, that people turn to sports to really help them to heal. And so the idea of partnering with a company like EverFi uh, to deploy digital education resources for middle schoolers and high schoolers is something that I'm super passionate about. And we're really proud to join the other major sports leagues and Everfy to um, really put content into the marketplace that uh, kids and the next gener generation of fans can tap into. And I think for us, um, our sort of unique twist on that, uh, which is the thing that I love most about the NLL uh, relative to my past experience with the other major sports is that um, our players are, as I describe them, uh, Clark Kent by day and Superman by night in that, they're the best lacrosse players in the world, but they also have day jobs. And many of our athletes are teachers. And so it's been fun to see how some of our players and even our referees have supported and promoted our partnership with EverFi and the EduCup to get kids to tap into digital education resources and uh, our resources that we're putting forward as the NLL and that we're sort of um, standing behind and sponsoring are focused on digital citizenship and mental health, uh, which are two areas that as a league we're, we're really passionate about. Um, and I can also say as a parent of a nine and a 12 year old, which are kind of close to the demographic that our, that our content is reaching. Um, I can tell you that parents today are 
searching for ways to have their kids be engaged in educational programming because at-home learning has been a real challenge for parents. Um, and a lot of us have concerns about how our kids are going to come out of this and be able to move on to the next stage, whether it's going from third to fourth grade or sixth to seventh grade as, as my kids are. I have 11 and seven and my 11 year old should be being promoted from elementary school and heading to middle school. And we are concerned that this is going to be a massive change for her. And it's already very strange how it is happening in real time. And we we are concerned about that. It is a real concern. I I think the concern is um, exactly in that sweet spot of sort of middle school and high school, because as we've learned over the years, education is not just about core academics. It's about socialization. Uh, we actually were walking in town yesterday, me and my, my two boys, and we bumped into an acquaintance of my 12-year-old, and I was like, say hi. And he was like, I forgot how to do that. And he actually said that to me. And, you know, it's like we've taken our kids out of the realm of normalizing socialization, and it's going to be uh, a bumpy thing for a lot of kids. It is. I want to lead on your some of your experience for a moment because as we're taping now, um, there are leagues that are discussing major sports leagues that are that are coming back. Um, and you worked for a long time with the NHL, and so they're kind of the first of the major pro sports that have decided to figure out how to try to do this in their playoff format. Um, can you, in your position, kind of take me through what your thinking is as you try to get games back on the field and do it as safely as possible? Yeah. Uh, happy to. I, I think I can tell you how we're approaching it, um, which I would imagine, I think I know, is a similar process for all the leagues. It's actually one of the things that I've really appreciated about the pandemic. I think there's always been collaboration between and among the leagues in terms of sharing best practices and key learnings. In this last two and a half months, the, the level of collaboration and transparency between the leagues has been unprecedented in my experience. So um, we are, I am in daily communication with all of the other leagues um, and certainly the ones who are kind of first to market like the UFC and NASCAR and WWE. So been really thankful for everyone's uh, transparency on, on that front. Um, the, the process really goes like this. Um, I think the first and foremost is from a stakeholder management perspective as a league and league leadership, you need to really keep tabs and be in close contact with your owners to understand their risk tolerance because no matter how protective your measures are and how tight your policies and protocols are, whether you have a 72-page memo or a 49-page memo outlining the process for returning, there is some inherent risk in pulling any of these events off in the current environment and circumstances. So making sure that everybody's sort of on board with that risk tolerance, I think is the most important element of this. And then just uh, assuming everybody's sort of willing to step into that space, it's really, from my perspective, a cost-benefit analysis because uh, the, the costs are clear. Um, it's resource costs, it's bandwidth costs, it's taking away some time for preparing for next year. Um, and there's a lot of policies and protocols that are required, and some of which is out of your control, like some of the immigration issues 
um, that exists in terms of cross-border travel. Um, and so you weigh all of that with the kind of desire to be first to market, knowing that you have a captive audience who are at home right now, who have a ton of disposable time, which is a very unique set of circumstances that almost never happens. Um, and people are starved for sports content. And so there's a huge opportunity if you can tap into that and avoid or sidestep some of the pitfalls um, and have plans and, and policies in place for how you're going to handle what are likely inevitable outcomes of having someone test positive and how you do contact tracing and uh, what you do with that person, um, how you handle quarantine protocols. Uh, working with local jurisdictions on whether or not you have any fans or who is considered essential personnel. So it's just a, it's a very complicated process um, and it's a very complicated analysis. And ultimately, like many business decisions, comes down to your risk tolerance. Um, I'll leave you with this. Let's get back into lacrosse here for a minute. You, you described yourself as kind of new-ish still to this sport, but it's fresh eyes and this is a unique time to reconsider a lot of different things with, with things on hold. This podcast is dedicated to future and technology and all of that type of stuff. So as you kind of look at modernizing your league and the sport, um, what comes to mind? What, what practices do you think will be implemented in the years to come? Well, very timely question. I spent the morning working on our sports betting strategy and uh, I think that the introduction of sports betting into certainly the U.S. and ultimately probably um, over time in Canada is really going to change the way sports is consumed. And I think for our league, given the action and the inputs of the game that feeds sports betting, I think there's a huge opportunity from a technology perspective to create um, all kinds of ancillary ways of consuming our sport whether it's through alternative screen or second screen or watch and bet. Um, and we're exploring all of those avenues, including creating the foundation, the platform to essentially launch our sports betting strategies. As you may recall, we announced partnerships in the space back in the fall with MGM as our uh, sports betting marketing partner with SportLogic as our data partner and with Genius as our sports betting integrity partner. And we were really on track to launch and go to market with lacrosse's first sports betting strategy and platform for this 2020 playoffs. Of course, COVID-19 had different plans for us, but uh, we've really used this time to be more strategic and methodical about how we can invest in the right strategies for fan engagement from a technology standpoint for next season. And we're super excited about how that intersection of technology and innovation is going to catalyze fan engagement through the NLL. Jessica Berman is the deputy commissioner of the National Lacrosse League. Thanks for joining us, Jessica. Thanks for having me. It's been a pleasure. Next week on the Future Sport Podcast, how the coronavirus is accelerating what was already happening in the modern gym with Lauren Foundos, the founder of Forte. Streaming was, you know, priority number three for every gym. Peloton has really done a service to them seeing that, you know, the magnitude of what that can be. And then obviously since the virus, it's now gone to number one because it's the only means of them communicating to their members while, while their gyms have been closed. Plus a visit into the LSU football locker room as they utilize new technology that 
clearly paid off on the field. As always, the future is now. This is the Future Sport Podcast. I'm Bram Weinstein. The Future Sport Podcast is brought to you by 3Advance, developers of sports tech apps that are AI-powered and UX-focused. So if you're looking to create some apps for your startup or your sports biz calls for some artificial or business intelligence, you should check out 3Advance. They're incredible. Go to 3Advance.com. That's the number 3Advance.com.